touchdown. Have a 15-point lead with a point after to come. Third down, and the offense stays out. Need six. Deshaun Amos in his first Canadian Football League touchdown. That was week 13. Now we're into week 14 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. Folks, make sure you check out Domino's.ca today. Try the $7.99 mix and match menu. It's great. You get medium pizzas, side dishes, boneless chicken, marble cookie brownie for dessert. Try it all out. Also, large four-topping pizza. Perfect football food for just $12.99. Head on over to Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Of course, guys. Hey, I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Watch behind the scenes on Twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Jump in the chat room there and on the show today we're going to go a little east west and then fantasy so dave naylor cfl on tsn insider stops by in about a half hour time before him the play-by-play voice former tsn guy of course our good buddy Derek taylor now play-by-play voice of the saskatchewan rough riders in that ever interesting west division that thing is tight it is fascinating how it's going to shake out Got Trevor Harris banged up a little bit, too. So we'll talk west with Derek Taylor. We'll talk east with Dave Naylor. And then we'll get the inside CFL fantasy tips for your TSN or your DraftKings CFL leagues uh, with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. So that is all coming up. But you know what, folks? There's a ton going on in the league. Let's go. First down. All right. And the Blue Bombers, well, hey, they put the boots to the Rough Riders in part two of the Banjo Bowl in Chris Strebler, can he continue to lead Winnipeg? And what about the injury to Edmonton quarterback Trevor Harris? And how about some revised Grey Cup predictions? Well, Rod Smith and the CFL and TSN panel have all that for you. Say we're back, and rarely do we allow a coach in the huddle, but we're willing to make an exception, of course. For <laughs> Mike you. Benavides, Coach Benny's here, along with Milt Stiegel and Henry Burris. And Benny, you can start with this. Boy, Chris Strevelin looked good for the Bombers. Can Winnipeg still win with him at quarterback? Absolutely. Tough. He finds a way to win, and when it gets cold, you know he's going to run the ball. So he's tough, and he's a winner. Yes, they can. 100%. My Bombers can do it, baby. And it's not just because of Strevler. It's Willie Jefferson and that defense. It's special teams play when they need it. Great coaching. They're getting it done every single way, baby. Now, this team is much bigger than Chris Strevler, and they definitely can win with them. But, hey, guys, I hear a horse running up on their tails from the backside. Ah. So you better watch out because when you play yes. Calgary late in the season, I don't know how good that's going to work then, though. Uh, speaking of those Stampeders <laughs> and what they did, sweeping the Eskimos, should we be concerned about Edmonton Mill? Without a doubt, 100%. I mean, we don't know uh, the status of Trevor Harris, but if he's out, we're really concerned. But even with Trevor in there, they were still struggling some. Yeah, he scored on that first possession, but this team has a lot of holes that need to be filled. Nope, not worried at all. Trevor doesn't what? look like it's going to be long-term. I'm not concerned whatsoever. And you know what? They're in the playoffs, and all you need is a chance in the playoffs, and they can get it done. Come on, coach. They're relying on the crossover. The crossover never works. Playoffs. I know playoffs, but you know what? This team is so undisciplined. They're fighting each other. Exactly. They got guys talking to each other. I mean, come on, focus on your game, man. You're at 500. You're the most penalized team in the league, turning the ball over now. I mean, you're doing everything the wrong way. And you know what? Like they say, when the domino falls, it continues to fall. And right now, they're falling in the wrong direction. Playoffs. Okay, well, (laughs) there you go. By the way, Hank, I believe you 
you had Edmonton going to the Grey Cup yeah. against Hamilton. Woo! So for all three, I give you the opportunity. Care to revise that Grey Cup pick? Yeah, I definitely got to erase that team from the West because right now Edmonton's let me down. But I got to go with the Calgary Stampeders. Whoa. I'm sorry, Bomber fans, but in order to beat the best, you got to beat the best. So right now you guys are the best, but right, but Calgary, they are coming on. You can hear the horse galloping. Henry. It's coming up on the airplane. They, they you better take off because here comes the horses now. They beat the Stampeders. What are you talking about? They already beat them. And without I know you're going to There we go with that. Well, they, they beat them. I don't care who was there. They beat them. Uh, in the East, I'm going to say Hamilton, but Montreal is coming. They're coming. Vernon Adams and those boys, now, they're coming. By the way, Milt, you had Winnipeg and I had Hamilton. Winnipeg and Hamilton. Yes, I'm sticking with that right now, but Hamilton, be right on now. alert. Be on alert for Montreal. Right yes. now. Right now. Right now. Benny? <laughs> I didn't make a pick. I'm not doing that. Come on. That's not come what on, I do. Okay. Well, you know what? Evans is going to be all right. I don't okay. do that. Well, Evans is not going to be all right. Then if you don't, I'm going to jump in because I got a pick preseason. I went with Winnipeg and Hamilton. And, yeah, I kind of hear the horse. I see what you mean, yeah. Hank. But I still see no reason to change. There we There you go. Some great cup predictions and also the conversation. Chris Strebler and Trevor Harris. Listen, I I think Winnipeg has built themselves a nice cushion, and they keep grinding out wins. I just don't see a non-throwing quarterback getting it done consistently as being a championship team for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I don't. I love the team. I think they have all the other assets around them, but that is a big ask. If you get down in a game and you got to have Chris Strebler throw his way Throw the team back in. I don't think the dude can do it. He's a grinder. He's physical. He can run. He's athletic. But sometimes if you're going in a head-to-head, let's say with a a West Division championship with a a trip to the Grey Cup on the line against Bo Levi Mitchell, and you get into a gunslinging battle, man, I don't know if I want Chris Strebler to be the guy. Let's move on. Second down. One guy I do like to be the guy, and that is Vernon Adams Jr. of the Montreal Alouettes. Keep clicking along after handing the Lions, the BC Lions, their 10th loss of the season. Oh, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe the BC Lions are 1-10. in 10. No, I, I would not have, have bet any amount of money on that. The, unbelievable. You have Mike Riley in that team, and they are 1-10. in 10. Anyway. Alouettes have won three in a row. I'm a believer in Montreal if Vernon Adams can stay healthy. Here's TSN's Chris Cuthbert and Glenn Suter who called the game, and they broke it down. Well, there's a saying the football teams have to learn how to win. It doesn't appear like the BC Lions are there yet. They play well but fall short again. And the Montreal Alouettes, not their best effort, but a team that has started to learn how to win and now has won three straight. Yeah, you thought the Lions had a, they were starting to get the edge and they were getting momentum. Vernon Adams did not complete a pass in the third quarter. In fact, offensively, the Montreal Alouettes were at minus three yards. But when he had to in the fourth, he got things together and he put together a real good drive. The drive of the game went 10 plays. 75 yards and took 5 minutes and 13 seconds off the clock. The Lions had gained momentum. They didn't take the lead before this drive, but they had all the momentum coming out of the third quarter. But this team believes in VA. They believe that they can win no matter what adversity they face, and they showed it again with a remarkable drive. Finished off. That took them to another possession lead, and that was the story. But uh, a good effort by the Lions. Their best game for the offensive line up front. Vernon Adams, two rushing touchdowns. He sets a record 
for the Montreal Alouettes. Most touchdowns by a quarterback now with 11. Passes for another. But the play that a lot well, of people are going to be talking about, yeah. the one they'll remember is certainly the one you'll remember by a safety. Yeah, we got to bring it back one more time. It was Bola Combo in the fourth quarter. Wayne Moore up the middle, running back, a big solid back, and watch this. If you're one of the old school guys that think they're taking the physicality out of football, take a look at that hit. That's the hit of the year. That's Bola Combo downhill from the safety spot. That was nice. Just before the winning drive by the Montreal Alouettes. Al's win at 21-16, now 6-4. and four. The Lions fall to 1-10. and 10. Still can't believe that 1-10, and 10, but the Al's 6-4 and four, hanging around. Now, they might not be able to catch the Hamilton Ticats, but I'll tell you this, folks. The QB situation, and I never thought I would be saying this at this point in the season or any point in the season heading into the 2019 Canadian Football League campaign. I'd rather have the Montreal Alouettes quarterback situation. I, I believe in Vernon Adams Jr. and the magic that that team is able to capture. They're probably not going to ha- be able to catch the Ticats, but, boy, a crossover playoff game? Would you take him over Edmonton? I would. I'd take him over Edmonton, no problem. I think the Montreal Alouettes, they're your dark horse for the Grey Cup. That's my opinion. Let's go. Third down. And, you know, we love our rankings here. So, ranking time on CFL Weekly. Let's hear the top deep receiving threats in the Canadian Football League with Rod Smith in the panel. We present the 7-11 player rankings. Talking about the top seven deep threats. Darrell Walker, Brandon Bank, Shaq Evans, Dominic Rimes, Brian Burnham, Devere Posey, and number seven, Tavares Daniels. Those are Slurpee Boys picks. Uh, let's go to our resident deep threat here, Milt Stegall. What do you think, Milk? You, you like the what? list? I'm, I'm about to shed a tear. I think Slurpee Boy. I think really? I, I think what? so. Based on what I see right there, and some people be like, "Well, where's Reggie Bagleton? Reggie Bagleton's having a great year, great receiver, but deep ball threat. That's what we're talking about. I think Brandon Banks is the best playmaker, but as far as deep ball threats, I think he got it correct with Darrell Walker being number one. You know, you're pretty close. Slurpee Boy almost got it, but no, didn't get it quite right. <laughs> Brian Burnham, Burnham. It's got to be a little bit higher for me on that when you talk about long ball. I agree with you 100% because, I mean, who else are they throwing to in Vancouver? I mean, he's the only guy they're throwing to down the field. I got to move him up. But me personally, number one in my book, Shaq. Foo Evans. I mean, he 30 plus yard receptions. He's one of the top. Well, he's number one in the league and 20 plus yard reception. Mill. I know you're looking at me. I'm he's looking number at one you. In the league. I'm I gotta looking move, at I'm you. I'm gonna move Speedy B down. I'm moving Whoa, down. You moving Speedy B down? Yeah. I mean, he's still the best playmaker in this league, but he's not the deep threat like Shaq yes, Evans. Yes, he is. He's not a deep he's threat a like deep, He does it all. He does do it all. He does it all. He's not the same deep threat like those guys are. So, I'm so sorry. if you got a long ball, you go and don't get me wrong. Shaq is killing. You would pick Shaq over Speedy B. Yes, with Speedy B speed, you would pick Shaq. I love Speedy B speed. Shaq can run, but Speedy B. But if I'm throwing up, I want a big body because today it's the day of the 50-50 ball, and that's how most quarterbacks are throwing the ball. I want somebody who can just run by him. I don't have to worry about the 50-50 ball. I love guys who can run by him too, Milt. But I'm watching. I I sit behind this desk. I'm not throwing it. And the guys (laughs) who are throwing it, they're throwing 50-50 balls these days. So you say Shaq is number one? I got Shaq number one. Darrell Walker number two. And Speedy B is number three. Number three. Wow. And so, then I got Burnham number four. So what do you, where, where are you coaching? Did you have, you, you were great with the list? Uh, pretty good with the list. I just want Brian a little higher, yeah. but I just want to see you guys keep going. Yeah, I was just going to say, the coach wisely positioned between the quarterback and the deep threat receiver see, see, he as well. He might be coaching soon, so. <laughs> Keeping Darrell Walker on top of the 7-11 player ranking.
There you go. The top seven deep receiving threats in the CFL as it stands today. We'll take the break and head out to Saskatchewan to Regina. Check on the Rough Riders and swing around the West Division, which is fascinating with our old buddy Derek Taylor, who now does the play-by-play for uh, Regina Radio there for the Rough Riders. Riders, West Division, next CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back and rolling on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara coming to you live from the TSN 1050 studio in Toronto. You can jump on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Live. See behind the scenes. Jump in the chat room there on Twitter as well at AndyMC81. And folks, if you're going to a CFL game or, or really any sporting event, concert, whatever, check out my guys at Seat Giant. SeatGiant.ca. They're on uh, Twitter at Seat Giant and all sorts of social media. Guaranteed tickets. So that means you don't have to worry when you get it and they're in Canadian funds. So you have that risk-free feel that if you get tickets, some sites you don't know, you know you're going to be able to get in. But all sorts of, of seat uh, distribution, pricing, and in Canadian dollars. You don't have to do math. It's, it's great. Fully guaranteed seats. Check them out. Easy to work with. And if you use promo code Andy, you save on some of the service fees. So check them out, seatgiant.ca. All right, let's head to the Domino's Pizza Delivery Line. I had a chance to catch up a little bit earlier on with Derek Taylor, the play-by-play voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Derek, let's start the splitting of the Banjo Bowl. Uh, Saskatchewan coming out on the, the the wrong end of it last weekend, 35-10, to 10, falling to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But let's, let, let's talk big picture here for a sec, because in a year where there are quarterbacks falling left or right, Cody Fajardo has been a riser and a story, really, I don't think anyone could have seen coming. Um, talk a little bit about his overall success with the Rough Riders and, and really coming out of nowhere to be a starter. Well, and you say coming out of nowhere, and that's not an exaggeration, right? Here's a guy who, beginning of the season, in his career had more quarterback sneaks than passes thrown. <laughs> and when I charted those passes he'd thrown, there weren't a bunch of them. They weren't particularly accurate. But what Cody said, he and I were in the tunnel before the Ottawa game, his first start, and he said, I feel really good because now there's a playbook for me, and this is tailored to my strengths. And he comes out and puts up 790 yards in his first two games. He has been, I don't know what I expected, but this has far, far surpassed it. And, yes, it's tailed off a little bit these last four games or so. But 14 touchdowns, nine interceptions from Fajardo is, one, it's beyond what the offense produced last year. And, two, it is the reason for a lot of hope here in Saskatchewan. So Fajardo has been fantastic. And it, really, Derek, I guess it, it looks like, as long as he can keep it going, we've seen a big enough sample size that this isn't a fluke. Because we, we see all the time, right? Guys flash and fall off and, and whatever the case. So even if he's tailed off a bit, if that consistency yeah. stays there, this is something that the Rough Riders have been looking for for a long time. It was supposed to be Zach Caleros. Injuries stopped that. But if you can solidify, get that quarterback situation figured out, we know how far you can go. And when you don't in this league, well, you can point to a number of examples where it, it, it doesn't go so well. 
Yeah, exactly. We saw like our our, our games involved uh, Dominic Davis having this the game of his life against the Riders in week two, and and what happened after that? Yeah. He's just completely flamed out, leads the league in interceptions. So your point is absolutely good on that, and that's what we wondered about Cody was. Okay, he put up 790 in these first two games, but now teams see him, and now teams know what they look like when they're going to you know, design quarterback runs and things like that. And he's had some struggles along the way. Uh, the Calgary game was a real struggle for him. Uh, two games ago, he threw a couple of picks against the Bombers. That was a struggle. But teams haven't you know, stalled him to the point to rendering him completely ineffective. He's still a very effective quarterback, can throw for 300, can run for 75, game-winning touchdowns, led that touchdown drive against Winnipeg in the Labor Day game of 100, you know, it was, what, 87 yards from their own five-yard line. He has been able to weather the storm of defensive coordinators getting to know about him, which is a fantastic sign. In conversation with Derek Taylor on Twitter at DT on SC, play-by-play man for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and host of the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. So, Derek, let's go to this weekend's matchup. Then, I, then we'll swing back about the West Division as a whole. You play the Montreal Alouettes, and I'll, I'll tell you, like if you who we talk about who could have predicted with Cody Fajardo, who would have thought? that the Montreal Alouettes, at this point in the season, would have the most established and most secure quarterback position in the East Division. What? what how bizarre. Vernon Adams yeah. Jr., man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable, right? And I went into the season, I picked Montreal to finish second in the East preseason in our picks, and I thought the good things were coming. But I thought good things were coming with Antonio Pipkin. Right. I thought I'd seen some stuff in him that made me go, oh, I'm very intrigued by his presence in the pocket. But Vernon Adams finally getting the chance mm-hmm. to become the quarterback a lot of people believe he would be has been remarkable. And sure, they're a team that loves to run the ball through William Standback because that guy is just a truck. Uh, VA has absolutely – it is remarkable, right? Dane Evans and – and whoever, Jonathan Jennings, I guess, now in Ottawa. <laughs> McLeod Bethel-Thompson is putting up some real numbers. But, yeah, Vernon Adams Man. for the second-place Montreal Alouettes is not something we thought we'd say. No, and it's a little bit of a, a mere image when you look at uh, Vernon Adams and Cody Fajardo in the sense that, as you said, Cody said, I finally have a playbook that's tailored to me. I'm not the guy coming off the bench doing a sneak and running somebody else's playbook. Each of these guys now, and Vernon Adams had to kind of do it on the fly, but it's being tailored to him kind of on the go. But when you have it and these guys actually get their shot, it is it is pretty cool to see, especially when you talk to them. And with Fajardo, and I chatted with Vernon Adams Jr. And Derek, like the grind these guys put in. And Vernon Adams saying before, like he was like, I thought I'd be here for a year and then be back in the NFL. And to wrap your head around that and then succeed for both these guys is quite a story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can even start to throw Chris Strebler into the mix, oh, right? Yeah. They've had a couple of games now. The Bombers to, to tailor something to Strebler, mm-hmm. and that offense—I mean, fourteen-yard, one hundred, fourteen-play, hundred-yard drive to start the Banjo Bowl, and then they followed it up with another huge mm-hmm. drive in the second quarter. You, you wonder if if Winnipeg has gone, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do with Strebler, and now it'll be a little threesome there. Right. Well, yeah. Heck, in conversation with Derek Taylor, play-by-play voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Twitter at DT. On SC, so let's talk about this West Division because this is shaking up outside of the poor BC Lions. Oh, oh, oh. you know what? Let, <laughs> like, let's let's just comment on that for a quick sec. 
One in ten. And we talk about surprises and all that. Uh, if anyone told you they saw this yeah. coming with Mike Riley, like, remember, Derek, it was like, Mike, okay, look what they did with that combo of Travis Lulee and Jonathan Jennings. Mike Riley, boom, BC Lions, maybe not to win the division, yeah. but certainly a playoff team. One in ten. I can't make heads or tails of what's going on here. Like, I, I, I don't know. And it's still a long season left. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's funny. So there, there's two things about it that get me. Oh, one, one of my first days on the show, uh, Mike Abumeshrick, former rider, was on the show. And he said he thought BC was going to be a tire fire. And I, oh. I thought, oh, that might be a little much. I think BC will finish fourth in the league. And Luke Mullender said fifth. Uh, but he said tire fire. And I think that's absolutely what transpired. Yeah. But then BC is what, a six-point favorite this week? Can you imagine a 1-10 in 10 team as a six-point favorite what? over anybody? Oh, I wouldn't man. spot them six points over me and you, but <laughs> they're a six-point favorite over the, over the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm, I'm pretty sure our pass rush, we could get to Mike Riley, DT. I think we could. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty, oh, I'm pretty, man. I'm pretty confident we could rack up a sack uh, on poor Mike Riley. <laughs> How he has stayed healthy is, is incredible. But when we look at the rest of the West, Casey, you have Winnipeg at 9-3 and three with Strebler. You have Calgary with Bolivai Mitchell returning at 7-4, and four, the Rough Riders at 7-4, and four, and then the Edmonton Eskimos hanging around at 6-6. Six and six. Who scares you the most? Like I, I'm getting that feeling like Calgary treaded water with Nick Arbuckle just long enough. Now they got Bo Levi back, and this could be their time for a big push going into the playoffs. Yeah, I absolutely think it's it's Calgary that's the scariest mm-hmm. of those. They have at least for now the advantage on the Riders having won their one head-to-head matchup. Right. And I mean, if, imagine if Kamar Jordan comes back into that lineup, Ooh. or they're ever able to to keep you know running backs healthy, mm-hmm. uh, that could be just. Just lethal. Saskatchewan has some work to do. Edmonton, to me, is just completely out of the mix. They've what six and six. Every good team they've played, they've lost two. Every bad team they've played, they've beaten. So, to me, they might finish 500 based on the schedule they have left. But two games against Hamilton, two against uh, the Riders is, is going to be tough for, for them. Calgary, to me, is the scariest, right? Because for just the reason you mentioned, treaded water, now Bo's back, and they're ready to, to cut things up. That said, with two games, two wins separating them and Winnipeg, that's a, that feels like it's going to be a real big gap to overcome You know, as the season picks down right. with seven and, and six games left, respectively. Right, and, and then you still look at Winnipeg, and as they're trying to figure out what to do with Strebler and finding success and not, you have after this week, um, this would be huge if Saskatchewan can beat Montreal, and then they get the break on the bye. Then Winnipeg goes into Montreal there, and th- just just how the schedule is lined up. Then you got Rough Riders into Toronto. Like this is something where uh, you can kind of talk yourself into any scenario of a one-two-three combo between Winnipeg, Calgary, and, and Saskatchewan, couldn't you? You, you absolutely could, and that's why the Banjo Bowl was such a big loss yeah. for the Riders, right? Because, man, they would have been in first place. They would have clinched the season series with the, with the Bombers, but instead they're now two wins back. Yeah, I, I thought it was a must-win going in, and unfortunately the, the Riders just didn't have it on that day. So now they need to win to get that game, what is it now, four weeks from now, yeah. when uh, Winnipeg is back here. And just absolutely positively have to win that one. And, and you honestly have to take out Calgary, too, because, oh, boy, it, is, it, it looks like it's going to be tight on the top. And the last thing I want to do if I'm a head coach is have to go to Calgary and to Winnipeg in whatever order that is. I do not want to be going through that in the playoffs. And I don't think teams want to come through Regina. 
So, man, no. getting second first is enormous in the West, it looks like. 100%. Last one for you here. Let's uh, talk about what the Rough Riders have to do to try to neutralize this surging Alouettes club. When winners of three in a row, now they uh, are, are on the road, right? So that's, that's a benefit. You're at home. Is it trying to get to yep. Burton Adams early? Is it, is it pounding the ball? Is there any area you feel or, or you've talked to the players and coaches that, all right, hey, this is, this is the guy we're going to be looking at? Honestly, to me, to me, the biggest concern is tackling. It's it's shown up a couple of times already. It showed up in, in the Banjo Bowl game that the Riders have been missing a lot of tackles, and it's special teams and it's defense. And William Stanback has broken more tackles than anybody in the league, despite missing games with injury. So if if he somehow you know gets an open space in the line of scrimmage and that second level defender misses him, he could go seventy yards yeah. for a score at any point, which. That should be a, kind of a terrifying prospect. So that's that'll be the big one that I'm watching for is can the riders make the tackles they need to? Can they get the quarterback on the ground instead of letting him squirm away? Because Vernon Adams isn't isn't much less of a runner than Chris Trebler if he is less of a runner. Mm-hmm. It, that is that's the part for me because they can cover, they can blitz, they get pressure the second most in the league. But, man, sometimes their tackling does them in, and against Montreal, that could be a killer. Derek, great stuff as always, man. Good luck on the call, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. There he is, Derek Taylor, play-by-play voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Always great chatting with DT. So that was the West. Let's figure out what's going on in the East Division. Argos on the bye week, coming off of their second win of the season. They get to sit on that and rest for a little bit, but we will talk East Division storylines with CFL and TSN insider Dave Naylor next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. You can watch behind the scenes, jump in the chat room on twitch.tv slash Live. Had some great conversations and chats in the commercial break there. On Twitter, of course, at AndyMC81. Now, folks, if you miss any of the program, all you do is you can find us on iTunes. You can go to your local TSN radio station page and click on the show tab, and you'll see CFO Weekly there. Uh, iHeartRadio, of course, I tweet out the links on Twitter at AndyMC81 and on Instagram at AndyMCSports. And as you know, I say it all the time, but we are delivered by Domino's, and it is perfect football. For what's better than ordering up, get delivery, go go get carryout specials too. Check all the all the deals out at dominoes.ca. When it's a football game, you get the game no matter which game you're watching, NFL, CFL, whatever. You sit down, you pop the Domino's, and man, you can get the boneless chicken is phenomenal. The side dish, the cheesy bread, you check out the side, the pasta is too underrated pasta. At Domino's, I'll tell you that. And the marble, you, you know I'm all about the marble cookie brownie for dessert. But you can check all the deals. Large four-topping pizza for just $7.99 uh, or the $7.99 mix and match menu. In any case, just go to dominoes.ca and check it out. Still to come in the show, we're going to have Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. Go over your CFL fantasy tips. That's coming up. And uh, we, in the last segment, really interesting chat with Derek Taylor on the West Division. And the East, to me, as we wait to hopefully get Dave Naylor on the line or CFL on TSN Insider, but that West Division, man, Winnipeg 9-3, and three, can they hold on? 
I just don't trust Chris Strebler when it comes to playoff time. They're gonna, they might very well win the division. They also might not. Like, you could make a case for Calgary, certainly with the surging Bo Levi Mitchell, even Saskatchewan. And in the East, it's obviously a two-horse race. Argonauts on the bye week this week. Um, nice win for them, at least, to get that. And they really, it was against Ottawa, but they, it, it was important. It was important for that team. Get that second win. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson. You want to eliminate the picks. The two interceptions you don't want. The three touchdowns you do. And 411 yards. I still don't think you have your quarterback of the future in him. Although I love the guy. Go back and check out the archives of McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Or behind the helmet with him. Folks. I love having all the guests on. All all the players. But I got to say. McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a top three. Bo Levi's right up there, too, from last year, Bo Levi-Mitchell. But McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I'm, I'm rooting for this guy. Uh, is he the quarterback of the future? He's got the arm. He's better suited than a Chris Trevler, who's more athletic and more of a runner. And he's been around. He's been in so many different offenses. I just feel maybe the ceiling long-term for McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Macbeth, the law firm, whatever you want to call him, in this league, is as a high-end backup. Like, if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to me, I would feel better having, let's say, a Macbeth back you up and, and lead you in because he can throw, he can huck it up, than a Chris Strebler. I love Chris Strebler's of the heart, of the athleticism, the power. But McLeod Bethel-Thompson, is he got the win, um, maybe compete for a job, but the Argos really long-term, they still got to figure out that quarterback spot. But they're in a better position, and I didn't think early in the season they would be, than the Ottawa Red Blacks who still have no answers. I will tell you an answer, folks. It ain't Jonathan Jennings. I'm sorry. It's not. Dominic Davis, friend of show, he was on earlier, really rooting for him. But, man, he was too much up and down. They've thrown what? Most interceptions in the league? And Jonathan Jennings just isn't the guy. I, I would honestly take... McLeod Bethel-Thompson as a high-end backup over Jonathan Jennings. I would. I would. On twitch.tv slash Live in the chat room, MetalPoet99 says, My worry with MBT is that he's already 31 and he still doesn't finish enough drives and put up enough touchdowns to be a star. Great point, MetalPoet99. And that's the other thing. The age he's been around. At what point do you get to, okay, maybe he's not going to develop? Or do you kind of look at it maybe like if you go to the NFL way back with a Rich Gannon, who was a very late bloomer. Like, really, this is McLeod Bethel-Thompson's first shot at any sort of prolonged starting job. So what happens then, of course, is you go in your backup and the playbook isn't for you. Or you're thrown into spot duty and you have to improvise. Well, now that the playbook can be tailored to him... For a longer period of time, I would love the rest of this season. Look, you're not making the playoffs. No matter who else is healthy, let Macbeth, let MBT finish the season. And see. That's the only way you're going to find out. Just see. If he's getting better and he's 31. Now, if you can get it at the end of the year and you're like, man, this dude's clicking. Maybe you give him a shot. Maybe it's one of those things where you get, heck, quarterbacks can go to their 40 years old. Right? Even if it's a prime thing. You have five, six years? If he's the guy? Again, I don't feel he is. But 
you might as well try it. I think it's safe to say James Franklin is not. What a bust. And James Franklin, nice, you know, nice guy. But if we're talking football and expectations, that's the thing. There's no expectations behind MBT. He was just a guy who'd been in every league. His story on the Arena Football Practice Squad guys playing for food stamps at, what was it, Chaco's Tacos? <laughs> Check the archives for that interview. I love that interview. But for James Franklin, the expectations was, all right, it was Mike Riley's backup in Edmonton, and he was going to be the guy. And it never quite worked out. We got a hold of him. It is a CFL and TSN insider, Mr. Dave Naylor. Dave, how's it going? Very well. How you doing? Doing well, sir. Doing well. So we want to take a quick look around the East Division with you. We talked to our guy DT a little bit earlier on the West. So in the East, uh, we know the Argos are on the bye week. We've got Ottawa 3-8. and eight. They're not going anywhere. Hamilton and Montreal. And I said it earlier, Dave. If you would have told me beginning of the year, Montreal would have the, the, the most ideal quarterback situation in this division, I wouldn't have believed it. But with injuries and, and whatnot, that's where we are. How dangerous do you think the Montreal Alouettes are and as big of a threat they could be to Hamilton? Maybe not to win the division, but actually go pretty deep in the playoffs. Well, this is a team that's, that's getting better. I mean, this is a team that didn't know how to win. And it's funny, I, I spoke to Kahari Jones this week, and I asked him a question. I said, you know, when you took this job, there were some people who were thinking probably, I'm not sure you want that job, you know, because you only get so many opportunities to be a head coach. And we've seen, I've seen situations where a coach will look at a job and say, you know what, I'm not taking that job because that right. team's not built for success. And I know if I take it and I go down with them, I may not get another job. And I asked Kahari, I said, was there any part of you that went, I'm not sure this is the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, being handed the head coaching reins right before training camp. But he said that that never entered his thought. That, and, he, and he said he really formed a – an opinion on this team right in that very first game against Edmonton where they came back and tied the score. And, of course, that was Vernon Adams coming on in relief of Antonio Pipkin. So, look, this is a team that's got some playmakers. I mean, you look at receiver, what Quan Bray has done. You look at what Eugene Lewis has turned into. They've added Chris Matthews. You know, they're, they're running back tandem of, of uh, Jeremiah Johnson and William Stanbeck. And, you know, Vernon Adams is yeah, it feels like he's late to the party because he's been around a little bit. Yeah. But, but you know, we got to remember it's – and this is kind of the same thing a little bit with what you're seeing in Toronto with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. you got to remember, guys got to play a bit until they get – there's just been – you know, Ricky Ray came in and, and his first start was great and managed to be that way for 15 years. But for most guys, there's a, there's a learning curve, and it takes a while. And that's what we're seeing in Vernon Adams, who, you know, when I talk to people around the league now, they think he has a chance to be – you know, a superstar in this league, you know, a year and a half, two years down the road as he continues to mature and bring the talent that made him a star in Oregon to the Canadian Football League. Wow. And, and we're seeing signs of that. And, Dave, the other part, too, when you talk to some of these quarterbacks, and I interviewed on Behind the Helmet uh, both MBT and Vernon Adams Jr., what they said, a big part of it is when you don't get that starter time, you don't have a playbook that's tailored to you. You're coming in, you're running somebody else's plays, you're doing stop gaps, you're, you're improvising. I think that's an overlooked portion of, of how you succeed when, when finally an offense can, can, even if it's on the fly, be built sort of around you or your strengths. That also makes a big difference, doesn't it? Well, I think that's one part of it, is, is having the offense built around you, and, and we've seen even you know, Winnipeg make some adjustments for Chris Strebler compared to what they were doing with Matt Nichols of late, just in terms of the way the run game is engineered there. But the other part of it is, is in the CFL with, you know, the four and a half hour workday and short time to practice, 
there's not that many reps to go around. And yeah. coaches are generally worried about getting their starter ready for the next week and giving him all the reps they can. You know, teams split them to different degrees, but there's not a ton of reps with a backup quarterback a lot of times. That, and that's the other part of it. You can say you're preparing like a starter every week and ready to play, but when you're not getting the reps in practice and the game plan isn't built around you, it, it is definitely a different situation. Yeah, it's those ghost or shadow reps where they're just dropping back but throwing to nobody. Uh, in conversation with Dave Naylor, our CFL on TSN Insider on Twitter, at TSN Dave Naylor. Dave, which, quarter, which team do you think is in the better quarterback position? Winnipeg Blue Bombers with Chris Strebler or Dane Evans with the Hamilton Ticats? Both teams in first place, both teams with nine wins. And both with quarterbacks that, well, you, there'd be a lot of questions come playoff time. You know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm probably biased because I got a bit of a crush on Chris Strebler. I mean, I really do. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm not trying to knock Dane Evans here, but right from the very first time, you know, he, he became a week one starter a year ago and he has this, you know, freakish athleticism that, I mean, nobody in the league can match. And you, you look at, you know, the, the threat that he poses every time. He has the football in his hands. Even when teams know that he's going to run, he seems to go off for six or seven. When they don't know he's going to run, they go off for six. He goes off for sixteen or seventeen, and he proved last week he can throw the football. And you know, it's, and I was talking to Paul Lapolis recently, and and you know, he, he made the point. He said, you know, if a guy throws for three hundred yards and two interceptions, that's not better than you know two hundred yards and a touchdown. <laughs> and when you combine, <laughs> never never mind the rush yards that he puts up. So I, I just think Strebler is a different beast. And the interesting thing for me is going to be to just see his evolution. We've already seen it already in his three starts. And where is he going to be in a month? And, look, I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could have an interesting decision to make at the end of the season because both guys have their contracts up. I think it's been a given that they can't keep both. Uh, Matt Nichols has played the best football of his life, and I think we just assumed that, well, they're going to re-up Matt Nichols and Chris Stubb is going to go on the market and go somewhere else. But, you know, what if he continues to evolve over the next four or five weeks? And, and we really don't know how long Matt Nichols is going to be out. You know, there could be a decision for the Bombers here because one guy's, I think, 32 or 33 and one's 24 or 25. So uh, it, it, he could make it really interesting. And I, I, I like what I've seen in Dane Evans. Uh, again, for a guy who hasn't played a whole lot, they felt confident. Uh, you know, it's part of why they were able to trade Johnny Manziel last year because they felt that they, they could put their season in his hands if they turned to, if they had to as a rookie. But, but as I say, I, I, I'm fascinated by Chris Strebler and the unique skill set that he brings to the quarterback position. It's going to be a pretty fun ride for both these teams down the stretch. Dave, let's do it again soon, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Andy. Take care. All right. There he is, Dave Naylor, CFL on TSN Insider on Twitter, at TSN Dave Naylor. Think about what he said at the end there. And if you're Johnny Manziel, if you're not already ashamed of your debacle of a pro career, I, we should find out how to send this to Johnny Manziel. You got beat up by Dane Evans, bro. Dane Evans. Johnny Football. Wow. Not, that's nothing against Dane Evans, by the way. He's doing, I think he's put up great numbers against the Argos. He's developing. But, man, Johnny Manziel got beat out by Dane Evans. There you go, folks. All right, we're going to get some CFL fantasy talk in with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca next on CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back 
to wrap up CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network Canada-wide. I'm Andy McNamara, and we are delivered by Domino's. Check out dominoes.ca today. Large four-top pizza, just $12.99. Look at the $7.99 mix-and-match menu. All the delivery delivery and carry-out specials at dominoes.ca. I'm coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studios. You can get us on twitch.tv slash Live. Click follow, subscribe, jump in the chat room there on Twitter at AndyMC81. Let's get to the CFL Fantasy Tips of the Week. I caught up a little bit earlier with Ben Kramer of Daily Roto. Ben, let's go to week 14 already in the CFL for the fantasy tips and picks here. Uh, we got three games on the docket, so we're, we're, it's a bit of a light week, which limits the options, obviously. When we're looking at quarterback, and you go Montreal in the DraftKings CFL lineup, you got Vernon Adams Jr. as the top QB, 10,700, Cody Fajardo right after that. Bo Levi Mitchell at 9,500, and then you dip down Dane Evans at 93, and well... Then Mike Riley uh, after that at 92, and uh, Jonathan Jennings at 7,600. Where are you going quarterback-wise? I'm kind of feeling like a Bo Levi Mitchell as that third-price quarterback might be pretty good. Yeah, I think the difficulty for them is just going to be that Hamilton defense. It's been a little bit easier to pass on with Bro on the sidelines injured the last few weeks, but overall they've still been pretty quality, and Bo Mitchell really hasn't put up over the 20-point mark yet this season. He's been kind of that mediocre game manager that they're not paying him to be. (laughs) So I think probably you're going up to either Adams or Fajardo. Fajardo's a little bit better value on both sites, whether it's DraftKings or the CFL.ca contest as they get that matchup with Montreal. And the Riders' offense, for all its struggles in Week 13 in Winnipeg, are still passing for the most yards per attempt in the league, and Montreal's giving up the most yards per attempt in the league. So that's one of those matchups that you'd probably want to key on. If folks are looking for somebody a little bit cheaper, that's a bit of a contrarian option. I think Mike Riley might see a bit of a resurgence this week versus that Ottawa defense that's giving up 62 plays a game to opposing offenses. And Riley, with that kind of volume, could certainly turn in a performance like the old Mike Riley instead of the broken Mike Riley. And, and, and that's a great point. That's what we're looking at, especially in a, a light schedule week with just three games, looking for that value. And, and, yeah, he might be the one to pop to help you win a little bit of cash there. Uh, now, when we're going to running yeah. back. Sorry, go on. Yep. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying that sometimes when you have these small slates, you have to look for the small edges that you can right. find. Because everybody's going to be able to know who the top player is at a position. But it's going to be a matter of finding those ways to differentiate your lineups from the pack that will lead to getting to the top of the leaderboard. Well, I was going to go into that with running backs too here, Ben, because, boy, it seems this season it's always a question mark. And now when you break it down to just three games, even more so. we got the top one with, with Andrew Harris uh, not – playing this week for Winnipeg, you have William Powell as the uh, most expensive one on the TSN fantasy game, followed by William Stanback. You got Moses Madu after that. Uh, Don Jackson. For, for, for Calgary, man, like it's, it's Kadeem, Gary, uh, uh, Don Jackson. I'm not sure where to go with, with Calgary. Is that kind of uh, one of those ones you might want to stay away from from a possible split or not knowing who's going to get the most playing time? I would be surprised if they don't just go with a lead back every week. This week, everybody was worried that Don Jackson was going to eat into Kerry's workload or vice versa, but in the end, they deactivated. Calgary's never been one to share the load over three backs instead of two, and Terry Williams is pretty entrenched there as a kick returner and the change of pace guy, so... 
I think whoever we wind up seeing at the top of the depth chart for Calgary this week is probably a reasonable option versus Hamilton because they continue to give up the most yards per carry outside of Toronto. There is no Toronto on this slate, so there's no easy matchup to just pick on. So outside of that, I think that probably you want to have that Calgary back in there if you can get there as they're still really reasonably priced on both as for some of these other teams, it's going to be interesting to see who actually suits up and plays, whether Jeremiah Johnson's able to get active versus Saskatchewan, which would hurt Standback's total a little bit, whether Rutley is a starter again in BC, or whether John White gets back from injury, whether Crockett gets activated, or whether it's the Madu show again for Ottawa. There's a whole lot that's up in the air, even with Terrell Sutton being signed by Hamilton, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he gets inserted into the starting lineup and maybe affecting Jackson Bennett as he projects for one of the better value plays on the week versus Calgary at just over 3000 on DraftKings and pretty cheap on the CFL.ca contest as well. So if we were looking, I guess this is a case where you want to wait as close to kickoff as possible, or at least as you said, that's why you follow. We tell you folks. Follow the teams on Twitter for the depth charts to watch for. This is one where maybe you don't necessarily want to set your lineup too far in advance when it comes to running backs, eh? At the very least, you need to be flexible and agile for this one this week because you're going to have to be able to dodge and duck around what these depth charts throw at you, just like these running backs are dodging and diving around linebackers on the field. Right, right. Uh, and moving to the wide receiver group in the in conversation, of course, with Ben Kramer, as he always is here on CFL Weekly from Daily Roto and CFL.ca on Twitter at Benjamin. You go to the wide receiver group, and at the top of your DraftKings CFL line, you got Brandon Banks, then you got Bageltown, Reggie Bagleton right underneath, both over $10,000. Addison uh, following them for Hamilton. What are we looking at for the wide receiver group? Like Shaq Evans, Saskatchewan versus Montreal looks a little enticing at at 8,500, but still pretty pricey. Yeah, I I think it's interesting that this is the first week of the season that Brandon Bakes has been active, not on by or or injured, and he isn't the top projected receiver. Mm -hmm. Reggie Bagleton's been on an absolute heater over the last month, putting up 20-plus points every week, and he's finally found his way to the top of the projection versus Hamilton, where he's likely to get that continued 8 to 10 targets out of this offense. And at that rate, and at the rates he's been putting up, which are far better than Banks, even in his heyday last season, He's pretty difficult to ignore. It's hard to imagine him being an over 10K type receiver on DraftKings, but that's where things have got us to. After that, you go down a little bit, and as you mentioned, Shaq Evans is going to be matching up versus Montreal that's allowing the most yards per catch in the league so far this season. And he's likely to get quite a heavy workload this weekend versus the Alouettes. So he's another guy that's right up near the top for the projections, but a significant discount for some of those other top receivers he only comes in at 8500 on DraftKings and similarly priced on the CFL TSN contest and if we're looking for maybe a secondary receiver if as you said Reggie Bagleton's been lighting it up over 10k but what about let's say an Eric Rogers because especially if Hamilton's a little bit banged up in that secondary well the the quality of defense uh, on these receivers might drop a little bit and Eric Rogers he's been a tad inconsistent but heck if you look at his uh, his game log in the last month, he's had two uh, games that are 19.8 last week of fantasy points, 17.8 back in week nine, and then was double digits for weeks eight and seven. So maybe Eric Rogers as a on the, the TSN CFL game, just over 7,200 a possibility if you don't want to spend up on Bagleton? 
I think Rodgers is interesting just in the fact that he's extremely volatile. He's entirely touchdown dependent for his scoring. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that on an average game he's going to get you four receptions for 40 yards. But two of those targets might be in the end zone and turn into touchdowns, or he might not get any red zone targets at all, in which case he's either going to destroy value or prove no value at all. So if your risk tolerance is pretty high, Rodgers is certainly an option versus Hamilton. But you have to know what you're getting into and probably build in a little bit more reliability uh, into the rest of your lineup spots. Do we like Devier Posey against Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan on the road? Because he had a bit of a down week on the DraftKings uh, CFL contest last week. 8.9 DraftKings fantasy points, but the two weeks before that was, uh, was pretty darn good in double digits. Uh, that, that's a, that's a good-looking Saskatchewan D, though. Yeah, it is, but their rates of touchdowns per attempt have really skyrocketed in the secondary this season. They're giving up a lot more points than they expected to, I think. So he's certainly an option for a team that's going to be airing the ball out and probably playing from behind as a seven-point dog on the road. Posey's an option, especially because his price continues to stay relatively low, but the difficulty for him lately is just the drops. He dropped one in the end zone last week and had a couple others in the rest of the field that could have turned it into a really successful week, but instead put out a really subpar week. So if he gets his hands together, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And the other thing that could affect his volume is whether Chris Matthews is active this week for Montreal. as He signed back a couple of weeks ago, but they had him sat this last week as he was still learning the offense. If he winds up activated into there, then we'll have to see where that comes out. Well, that, that's a great point. That, that's the thing with the CFL. There's all these activations and ins and outs. That's why, folks, again, you have to pay attention to the depth chart. Uh, when we look at defenses here on drafting, I'm kind of digging the BC Lions, right? I know 1 in 10 doesn't excite many people, but Ottawa can be a turnover machine. They're 3800 bucks on your DraftKings CFL. I'm 3200 on the TSN one. I, I might take my shot there and spend up elsewhere. I think you could make a lot worse decisions. And Jonathan Jennings is likely to make worse decisions this week, and that's what makes the Lions an option, right? Yeah. It's just an absolutely basement-type price on that BC Lions unit where there isn't a whole lot of other reliable value plays on the slate on DraftKings. I think your top projected defense is currently going to be Calgary versus Dane Evans and that Hamilton offense. Because Evans really hasn't shown a whole lot outside that game versus is Toronto, and everybody looks good versus Toronto. So I think at kind of a median price for Calgary and a high projection with their ability to turn turnovers into touchdowns and pile up sacks, they're probably the top projected unit, but BC is probably going to be your best value play just because they come in price so much cheaper than the rest of the field. And Ben, before we let you go, tell people for NFL fantasy, Daily Roto has you covered, right? Yeah, the season that we've still got going is just through week one, and there's a whole lot of money to be run. Yeah. The head of Daily Roto, Dinkmeyer, won $100,000 on this first weekend. If you want yeah. access to those projections and lineup builders, you can use the code CFL2019 for 10% off the year subscription. Beauty. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, great talking to you, Andy. There he goes, Ben Kramer on Twitter at Benjamin. Uh, CFL Fantasy Tips on CFL.ca and Daily Roto. So that'll do it, folks, for producer Aradas Vandy. I'm Andy McNamara. Enjoy the Week 14 Canadian Football League games. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.